Yes, indeed. It's Where the Road Takes Me, and it's every Sunday evening here on C103 at 7. Now, on this evening's programme, I'm chatting with consultant gastroenterologist Dr. Alan Desmond, who, although based in the UK, is originally from Blarney, with strong Cork City connections. Both his parents and grandparents hail from Blackpool. So, we may enjoy it, but we now have a fair enough grasp of what isn't healthy eating. But the big question is, what should I eat? What should I eat to feel good physically and psychologically? Let's put that question to Alan Desmond. That's a big question. That's what people ask themselves every single day, three times a day. Now, in 2019, one of the world's biggest medical journals, The Lancet, one of the world's most prestigious and well-regarded medical journals, published the findings of an independent commission they'd set up to answer exactly that. So the Eat Lancet Commission had looked at, you know, 30 years of evidence around food and health. So I just gave an example of one study that's just been published this week, right? But they looked at hundreds of studies like that and tried to tie it all together and give a recommendation as to what we should eat, okay? And they had strongly advised that wherever you live in the world, you should eat a whole food plant based diet with very little animal products at all. They said we should fill our plate with unprocessed or minimally processed fruits, vegetables, whole grains, beans, nuts and legumes. And that will allow each of us to become the healthiest possible version of yourself. And when they looked at the data, they said meat, eggs and dairy are optional, but plants remain the healthier choice. A bean stew is healthier than a beef stew. A chickpea salad is healthier than a chicken salad. And they recommended that if you do eat chicken, that you keep your consumption to about 30 grams per day or an ounce per day. If you eat eggs, you should only eat one, two or three eggs per week. And if you eat red meat, so beef and lamb, etc., you should really only eat it once a week or maybe once every fortnight and eat very small amounts. Because if you go over those small amounts, then you're likely to impact negatively on your health. Now, I know that critics of a vegan diet will talk to you about the lack of protein, but true to say that in a vegan diet, protein can be found in the most unlikeliest of places. Oatmeal, for instance, would be a good example. And I think, now I'm not sure if you include onions in there as well. I think onions possess protein as well. So what would you say to people that you have to be very, very careful in a vegan diet, you could end up suffering from a lack of protein? So what I've just just said a moment ago, John, is about a healthy whole food plant-based diet. So the emphasis is on whole food just as it is on plant-based, okay? So if you're getting 90 to 95% or 100% of your calories from whole plant foods, that are, as I've just described and as are featured in the book, you are extremely unlikely to suffer from any dietary deficiencies okay we can talk a bit more later about things like vitamin b12 and vitamin d and that sort of thing but a healthy whole food plant-based diet has been recommended as one of the healthiest ways to eat by loads and loads of professional bodies that i just mentioned earlier in the interview because when you look at the dietary deficiencies that drive poor health in ireland it's not protein deficiency that's causing problems It's fiber, folate, vitamin A, vitamin C, vitamin E, thymine, riboflavin, magnesium, healthy plant-derived oils, absorbable iron. And these are the common deficiencies that um, drive disease states in Ireland. 
And a healthy whole food plant-based diet is replete in all of those things. So although the, the narrative is often, you know, vegetarians or vegans or plant-based eaters are going to get a dietary deficiency, the science shows that the opposite is true. And really what people should be saying is, God, are you are you're a meat eater, are you? Well, look, there's a few deficiencies you're going to be subject to now. So where are you, are you taking a fibre supplement? Are you taking a folate supplement? Are you taking a vitamin A supplement? Because omnivores are more likely to suffer from multiple dietary deficiencies. With specific regard to protein, but the thing is protein is made from amino acids. Those are the building blocks of protein. And all plants contain amino acids in varying proportions. Now, on a healthy vegetarian diet, the studies show that healthy vegetarians, or people who eat a healthy vegetarian diet, get about 70 to 80 grams of protein per day. And the reason they get 70 to 80 grams of protein per day is because all plants contain protein and whole grains and legumes and beans and nuts and seeds are particularly protein rich. Over the years, Alan has been involved in constructing many healthy plant-based meal plans, whether it's preparing the meal plans for his own book or whether through his work with patients suffering from inflammatory bowel disease and giving those patients healthy meal plans and recipes. Take it from me, John, if you follow those basic principles of healthy plant-based eating, you can't avoid protein. You will automatically get all the protein that you need. And in fact, John, where you get your protein from, where you choose to get your protein from, is a key determinant of your health and longevity. And choosing to get your protein from plants instead of from meat and other animal products is one of the healthiest decisions you can make. In 2020, last year, researchers from the Harvard School of Public Health published a paper. They looked at 700,000 adults followed up for 30 years, okay? What was really interesting about this study was that they included kind of low-income countries and high-income countries. So you kind of got a a, a whole cross-section of dietary styles, right? And they found out, first thing they found is that, yeah, protein is important. You need to get enough protein in your diet to be healthy. And some people in low-income countries don't because they just don't get enough food. But they also found out that the choice of protein is extremely crucial to your health. The research volunteers among the 700,000 adults in that study, the people who got more of their protein from plants were, put bluntly, more likely to still be alive at the end of the 30-year study. And for every 3% increase in energy from plant proteins, just 3% increase in plant protein energy, reduced your risk of dying during the study by 5%. So plenty of protein plants, healthy whole food plant-based diet is replete with protein. And actually choosing to get your protein from plants instead of from meat is just a really, really healthy choice. Whole grains, fruit and vegetables. Those are the four main food types that you mentioned. You also mentioned oil. Are we talking here about olive oil? Yes, yeah, so, so, so yeah, you're right. I mean, look, if, if you are trying to make your diet really healthy, 
okay, following the principles of fruits and vegetables and whole grains and nuts and seeds and quinoa. No, look, th- that's it. If, if I say that to someone who's never eaten like this, they'll go, sure, I can't sit down and have a bowl of beans with some nuts for my dinner. <laughs> you know, it's like, it sounds crazy, right? But uh, that's, uh, that's essentially why I work so hard on the recipes in the book with my good friend Bob Andrews. Because you'll find recipes in there, you know, like spicy baked beans, potato farrows, winter barley stew with Guinness. You know, there's a goulash hot bosh, bean burgers with sweet potato chips. We've even got things like chocolate beanie brownies and crumbles and ice creams and everything. So although the food, the concept might sound challenging for people, actually, when you go and look at this food, it's very familiar. It's not intimidating. I've been really enjoying um, this week, actually, watching uh, Padraig Hawley up in um, Kilsonora, down in Kinsonora in County, is in County... Um, Clare, I think. County Clare, yeah, yeah, in Kilsonora. And so there's, there's a, an Irishman in his late 60s who's been eating the standard Irish diet all his life. And this is the kind of food he's eating now. And he's loving it. And he's enjoying it. And he's thriving on it. So those sorts of foods actually turn out to be the same sorts of foods that Irish people love eating. So the, chale- the challenge, really, that I would put to people is to try and follow Padraig's example, follow him on Instagram, <laughs> or follow him on social media, and just try some of the recipes he's trying. I know he's been cooking a lot of recipes by Steve and Dave as the Happy Pear Boys the last few weeks and actually I've just sent him a copy of my own book so hopefully he'll be, I'm waiting to hear from him what he thinks about them and I hope he likes the uh, winter barley stew with Guinness and uh, whole grain herby dumplings you know because this is the secret John but we've just been talking about a lot of kind of intimidating science right a lot of scientific papers that show about statistical reductions in disease you know like so for example if I say to you you know vegetarians are almost 40% less likely to get colon cancer I mean, that can sound kind of conceptual or like, a you know, it's just a, um, a statistic. But as someone, as a doctor who deals with patients with colon cancer all the time and has to tell people face to face that I've just diagnosed them with colon cancer and also from family experience and from personal experience in my own family, I know how devastating a colon cancer diagnosis can be in your family. We've got to remember that these statistics, the things I've just been saying to you about eating healthy food, Food. This is about preventing those tragedies from happening. And whether it's colon cancer or heart disease or stroke or cirrhosis due to fatty liver disease, I mean, this is people's lives we're talking about. And when we talk about the changing the food, it just so happens, John, that the food is delicious. You know, it, it's, for me, it's a no-brainer. You know, people have got nothing to lose, really. So we now know that the four main food types for a healthy gut are legumes, whole grains, fruit and veg. And it's not two or three of each. The secret seemingly is diversity. The secret also is to manage to consume 30 different types of food plants every week. If you do, then you're on the road to success. Shouldn't be too difficult either. There's a whole range to choose from. We touched earlier on the human gut microbiome, okay? So that's a, that's a good place to discuss why eating a variety of plants is really important. So as we touched on earlier, the uh, human gut microbiome are all these bugs, these hundreds of trillions of bacteria and viruses and archaea 
and yeasts that predominantly live in our large bowel, in our colon. And they are so important for our health, John, that they've been described as a control centre for human biology. So when you eat food, you absorb most of it. You absorb most of the calories and nutrients into your body. But probably about 10% of it ends up reaching your large bowel. And when it reaches your large bowel, it's exposed to your gut microbes, your human gut microbiome. And different bugs thrive on different foods. So if you feed your body lots of plants and a huge variety of plants, different fruits, vegetables, whole grains, nuts, seeds and legumes, etc., you're feeding your body lots of different types of fibre. And the more diversity of fibre and diversity of plants, the healthier your gut microbiome is. You know, the uh, the uh, Microbiome Ireland, formerly APC and UCC, last year published a great paper comparing the health of the human gut microbiome between omnivores and vegetarians. And what they showed is what a lot of microbiome researchers around the world show is that people who eat a vegetarian or vegan diet tend to have a healthier and more diverse gut microbiome. You know, given our modern processed standard Western diet where, you know, we get most of our calories from processed foods, maybe 50 to 60 percent, and where we tend to eat the same foods all year round and maybe only get 9 or 10 percent for calories from different plants, our gut microbiome has a low level of diversity and is very static all year round. So a nice little rule of thumb and something I talk about in the book is trying to count the different plants that you eat every week. And that could be, you know, an apple, an orange, uh, brown rice or quinoa, or it could be a baked potato. These are all plants. So every single one, just count them. And if you can get yourself to more than 30 different plants per week, then you're doing really, really well. There was a study a few years ago published the Merton Gut Project, and they determined, having analyzed gut microbiomes over 11,000 volunteers, that people who eat more than 30 different plants per week unlock real microbiome advantages and they get these fibre-loving beneficial bacteria that people who eat fewer plants than that never get to have the benefits of. In the final part of this evening's programme, Skibbereen-based nutritionist Magella O'Neill, while agreeing with almost most of what Alan is saying, has some interesting points to make all the same. But we'll only find out what they are in part three of Where the Road Takes Me and that's in a few moments. <laughs> 